You're listening to the Reconditioned Podcast. And if you want to feel inspired out of your 3D thinking and guided towards a more conscious way of being, an initiation, if you like, towards your soul evolution, this episode with Andrew Genovese will be the thing that propels you towards that. So stay tuned. Your personality creates your personal reality. Authentic power is when your personality comes to serve the energy of your soul. The truth is the body is one ecosystem. You can get to the root cause and everything goes away. Welcome to the Reconditioned Podcast, where I use my knowledge and expertise of over a decade in the wellness and transformation world to take a deep dive into what makes us thrive as humans. I'm Lauren Vaknin, leading wellness and transformation coach, and following my remission from the rheumatoid arthritis I'd had for 27 years that left me wheelchair-bound by the age of 18, I created a unique coaching combination, conflating physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of self to create true, long-lasting well-being in all senses of the word. This podcast is one of the many free resources I've created to help you achieve the same. Whether you're suffering from chronic illness, raising children in a world of conflicting information, you're an entrepreneur wanting to step into your purpose, or you simply want to feel empowered and motivated to become the best version of yourself, join me along with expert guests as we uncover the most actionable and tangible ways to recondition ourselves back to wellness. Before we get stuck into the uninterrupted episode, I wanted to let you know why I am such a huge fan of the company supporting this season of Recondition. The Endo Clinic in Harley Street, who specialize in biological dentistry. Now you might recall me speaking about my journey with biological dentistry, both here on the podcast and over on my Instagram, and all of it was conducted over at Endo. So those of you who have been here for a while will remember that I was suffering from trigeminal neuralgia, which is otherwise known as the suicide disease, and it really was that bad. And three dentists over 18 months had told me it was nothing to do with my teeth. After a colleague told me about biological dentistry, and I'd been reading numerous books on the subject, and I watched the film Root Cause, which I highly recommend you all watching, I found the Endo Clinic, and they absolutely ticked every box I was told to look for. And I really was told to tick off these boxes to ensure that they were genuinely taking a biological approach to dentistry. So that's everything from safe mercury removal protocols to ceramic inlays and ceramic implants and a general health optimization approach. They use absolutely no metal at all. They work on the basis that our immune function is lowered during dental procedures, which is just something that you don't get at all with conventional dentistry. The possible connection between my health concern and dentistry was found in the first consultation. Again, something that all these other dentists and facial pain specialists at honestly some of London's top hospitals were not able to see. Because what they know is that previous dental treatments can lead to jaw cavitations, something that only those who are trained in biological dentistry know how to look out for. Now during my procedure I was given IV vitamin infusions, ozone therapy and this state-of-the-art plasma PRF treatment which was all to ensure that we were giving the body the very best chance to heal. And there's also a whole pre-treatment protocol as well. Anyone who listens to this podcast will know how much my life's journey has been about health optimization so this was just revelatory to me. And the trigeminal neuralgia went away the very next 
day. And it's not just facial problems. We now know that up to 70% of chronic health conditions can be as a result of conventional dentistry treatments and misconceptions surrounding oral care. I honestly recommend this clinic to everyone I know. And if you are experiencing any dental, facial, or chronic health problems, or you just want your teeth looked after by a team who truly understand the long-term way to keep teeth and gums healthy, go to nduclinic.com. The clinic are offering a 10% discount off your initial consultation for anyone who mentions coming through Lauren. And this will include dental exam, x-rays, 3D scans, and even your first hygienist appointment. So that is nduclinic.com. Thank you to Endu. Welcome back everyone. Thank you for tuning in once again. As you know, I am always so filled with gratitude for each and every one of you that presses download. We're coming up to 50,000 downloads as I record this. I batch these so when it comes out we might be past that. So thank you so much. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do subscribe or follow so that you can see all the new episodes that come out. Speaking of gratitude, that is what I focused on today with Andrew Genovese, who is just the most incredible human being. I mean, we went deep, obviously, that is, Andrew is just a light worker and light. He's just light. He's basically love and light, <laughs> just wrapped up in the body of a human man. But he's just incredible. And as is, is the way kind of when you're in this world, in this space, you know, you get connected with these people and through just, I don't know, lots of different avenues and mutual friends and colleagues. Andrew and I have been connected and I just love watching him on Instagram, listening to his videos. He always kind of brings me back to consciousness and gratitude. And this episode, such a joy to record and was there's just so much in there I mean he's such a just a beautiful soul we touched on gratitude and what that really means to be in gratitude and it's a lesson that I am learning at the moment something I am trying to move into more than just kind of my conscious awareness of being grateful but really embodying it 24 7 which is not easy but that is the lesson that uh, I'm on in my spiritual journey right now we touched on that we spoke about his work with health freedom for humanity and pharmaceutical corruption and kind of, you know, the new earth awakening, earth consciousness. We spoke about breathwork because he is a master breathwork facilitator. And we spoke a lot about plant medicine, which is just such a hot topic at the moment, even though it's been around for ever. <laughs> it's making a resurgence. Uh, first made itself known to the Western world in the 60s, but it's certainly making its resurgence now as people need to find ways to connect back to consciousness. So it was an amazing episode and I have nothing else to speak about here because we really spoke about it all in the episode. So I'm going to leave you to listen to this incredible episode and be inspired by it and be motivated by it. Please follow Andrew on Instagram and be in touch with him if you want to start your breathwork journey. Enjoy this episode as usual. Be in touch with me let me know what you think about it i post about all of these episodes on instagram so get in touch with me over there and let me know what you think of the episode or email me and once again thank you so much for being part of this community andrew genovese is a breathwork teacher healer plant medicine guide and nutritionist specializing in helping people move towards wholeness with his signature two-hour dimensional breathwork sessions incorporating one's own breath and sound healing. Andrew is on the front lines of the health freedom movement, speaking out against pharmaceutical and big industry corruption that he believes is displacing us as humans right now, in the hope that we move back to a place of sovereignty. Andrew's focus right now is on the ascension of planet Earth through the medium of each individual taking ownership of their own physical, 
mental, emotional and spiritual well-being. So, Andrew, I'm very excited to have you here. Hello, Lauren. Happy to be here with you today. Let's Um, bring in the new earth. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I I guess you and I have kind of come together as part of this worldwide community. We're trying to help bring this earth into a state of conscious awareness. And I kind of love that this current situation we find ourselves in has done that. Yeah. It's been an extraordinary 17 months, really. Just uniting with so many people that that are here to do the same work. And that's to literally raise the vibration of the collective. So everyone's For me, there's just been so many people that have come into my field, Mm. so many new friends, so many new colleagues, so many people that I'm like, wow, I'm going to be working alongside this person for the next 40, 50 years, longer. (laughs) And so, yeah, and many souls that we've known for a very long time, far, far, far beyond this life and far beyond this planet from, you know, people that we know from the stars, souls that we know from the stars. So yeah, it's, um, it's an amazing, it's an incredible time to be alive. I say it so frequently in, in my posts and, uh, in my work to my clients, just, I always just tell people who I work with, like, just continue to just to drop into gratitude every day because right. yeah, there's going to be a lot of noise. There's going to be a lot of, you know, continued chaos, but mm. But what we're getting to witness in this lifetime is like nothing we'll ever get to witness or nothing we've ever witnessed in any other lifetime mm-hmm. since we've since our soul first came here. So it really is the beauty that we're going to come into and what we're going to witness, how this planet's going to transform is going to be like nothing that any word could even articulate. It's funny you, well, first of all, kind of the synchronicity of everything, as you say about, you know, all these new colleagues and friends, and there's just so many synchronicities and how you and I met as well and all the people, the common people we know and you made our amazing Melissa, who we both happen to know and it's just all, (laughs) but then also mentioning about gratitude and It's a lesson that I've been learning recently. You know, we think we know gratitude and we think we are kind of on, you know, just giving gratitude constantly. But it's something that kind of my mentor has been really teaching me with hard lessons to to learn what he says. You've got the knowledge of what gratitude is, but do you really know it? You know, are you practicing it 24-7? So it's interesting you brought that up because I've had a really kind of deep few weeks with really acknowledging that am I really in gratitude 24 hours a day? No. Yeah. And if I'm not, then I'm, then, then I'm not practicing gratitude properly. So it's interesting that you brought that up. But So we're going to dive into all this, everything you've just mentioned about this shift happening on earth. But before we do, I always ask my guests the same question before we start the show, which is what have you done so far today to support your wellness? Mm. Well, the first thing it's, it's early. So it's like what, 4 PM in London and 8 AM here in Los Angeles. So yeah, I woke up like 45 minutes. And as soon as I got out of bed, I literally just chugged a 12 ounce glass of water. And then I just lay down and I just went straight into some deep breathing, dropped into meditation, went into some gratitude and just uh, feeling grateful to be alive, to have my breath, to witness what we're going to witness in this lifetime. And then just, you know, feeling, tuning into my heart and just getting in touch with, with what's happening in here, whether that's anxiety or whether that's excitement, whether that's bliss, but just being fully present with yeah, what's going on inside me. And yeah, the last couple of days for me actually has been, uh, we're elevating so fast in frequency that the last couple of days has been this subtle, this subtle, like, like annoyance or anxiety. So I just acknowledge it, become aware of it and just breathe through it and know that, you know, anytime we're feeling these emotions, it's all part of the process as our body is, 
is purging everything that is is of this old earth that is of this old consciousness. So every day is a journey, really. We're, 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 we're really, it's all about just coming back into the body. So that's what I did this morning, right before uh, jumping on with you is just coming into my body, being present, uh, acknowledging whatever it is and just, and just staying with my breath. I just, there's so much about that that I love because it's teaching us and your videos do this as well. And for anyone who's not yet following you, I would urge them all to follow you on Instagram. Um, obviously we'll put all the details in the show notes so people can just access, click on a link and get there straight away. But it, you're very much a master of conscious awareness and that whole idea of whatever I'm feeling, I'm going to feel it as opposed to it's what I do with clients with honoring emotions, as opposed to, I don't feel good. So I'm going to just push that to the side. And I think that's something that you are really great at teaching and just expressing in such a beautiful way that we can just go, oh, okay, I'm meant to do that. Great. I'm going to do that now, you know? And that's so inspirational, kind of motivational in terms of we do, we just push our feelings to the side if they're not what we we think are good. But why shouldn't we feel the bad stuff? Or, or I mean, I'm saying bad in inverted commas because, yeah. you know, it's all like binary, you know, and, and, and it's not, there is really no good and good or bad, but it's a, it's definitely a great lesson for all of us. I'd love you to kind of take take us through your background and how you came to be doing what you're doing. I know there's some great stories there about India and gurus, and I'd just love you to kind of crack that wide open for us. Yeah, so I had a, I had a kind of, I guess, to start here, I had a, a subtle awakening in 2012 um, when my dad passed. And when my dad passed, we were extremely close, really, really close. And uh, I just loved him so dearly. He was such an extraordinary man, but had a, a lot of anger that he wasn't meant to deal with in this lifetime. So when he left his physical body about three weeks after, he started coming into my dreams. And I'm not not a dream that's a normal dream. I mean, a dream that feels so real, you cannot decipher whether or not it is real life or, or whether or not you're in dream yeah, time yeah. in the astral. So he kept he kept uh, repeating the same messages to me every night for about three months until he finally left when I moved to Australia and lived in Australia for a year. And he would meet me in the forest or at a picnic or at a house or at a somewhere. <laughs> and he would just pop around the corner every time he would just appear. And he, and I would say, Whoa, what, what are you doing here? Uh, I said, I, I would say like, I, I thought you were dead. And he would be like, no, uh, what are you talking about? I've never left. I mean, I'm here. Uh, and then he would say the same thing night after night. I, I'm still here. I'm still here. He would repeat the same thing. So after about three weeks, I said, oh my God, he's trying to tell me that even though he's left his body, he's still with me all the time. That was the message that he was trying to convey. And so then I was able to connect the dots like, wow, there is a, there is a, there is an ether, there's a God, there is a source, there is a higher infinite intelligence that we're all connected to. So that was kind of like the very, beginning of my awakening wait so before this you weren't the kind you weren't this kind of person who believed in all of that because I'm trying to get a picture of you because now you are like the epitome of that stuff so. yeah totally yeah I was not the person you know typical typical going out you know every weekend uh drinking extremely heavily because I was just trying to figure out who I was and that to me at the time was 
was right, fun, but really what was I doing? I was just numbing, mm. <laughs> trying to go within. And so I would always keep myself busy by partying, by nonstop, always having to do something. And then uh, in 2015, I started working two jobs to open up a hostel in uh, in Nicaragua in Central America. 2018, once our business was open, my entire <laughs> my entire world spiraled down and uh, I lost my business. I, I had no money. Uh, I traveled up through Nicaragua, up through to Salvador, uh, El Salvador, up through Guatemala. And then I ended in Mexico city and in Guatemala, I had a plant medicine ceremony. And during that time I was, I was going through severe anxiety on a scale of one to 10. It was like a nine. I was just waking up every day and there was just ripping anxiety going through my body. Cause I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> the business I worked for for so long is now closed and now I have no money. And I, I and I was just like, like, what am I going to do for work? You know, like what? And so I, I left Nicaragua. And when I was in that plant medicine ceremony um, in Guatemala, I had this, this feeling of love come into me and this deep, deep, deep connection to the jungle, uh, to the Mayan cult, to like the, I was in the root of all Mayan culture and the mountains surrounded by volcanoes in, in Guatemala. And I just felt so deeply connected to mother Gaia and, and, uh, just having these feelings that these paths that I was walking was, was built by these Mayans thousands of years ago. And, my guides or universe, whatever, whatever messages came through, just, uh, I had this overwhelming calm go throughout my body telling me a couple things. One, that I had nothing to worry about. Two, that everything was, was going to be fine. And three, that I just had to let go and surrender. And then the last thing was that I needed to move to New York city. <laughs> so, wow. So I got up to Mexico City and I got a flight to New York City and I started working within a week. And within a week, if things were not already chaotic, losing my business, I had lost my health and I started having a severe pain in both of my hands and my arms and wrists uh, as soon as I got a job. And so I had to tell my job, I, hey, I don't know what's going on with me, but I'm like really kind of in a panic and I, my, my hands like aren't working <laughs> And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's some rare thing happening. And so, yeah, that led me to having to quit my job in New York, living at a family member's house and doing like 10 mile walks around the city every day, just contemplating life and wondering what was I going to do and dropping into this victim role for about three weeks. And so I don't know what, what, what time, when it happened, but uh, a light bulb went off. And I decided to surrender and trust that uh, I didn't know if I was dying. I didn't know if I had some rare disease that was like taking over my body. I literally had no idea. Went the Western, Western route, of course, even though I already knew that I was already conscious enough <laughs> to know that I wasn't going to get any answers in Western medicine because doctors truly just don't have a clue about how health really works. Um, and so, you know, they prescribed me pills. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And I found breath work and, uh, no one told me to breathe. No one told me to do breath work. I just intuitively somehow started doing it. 
Uh, I, I'm assuming that my guides maybe told me in dream time, or maybe I, I don't know, but I just started breathing every day. And over the weeks, I started noticing how much calmer I started becoming. And I started to decipher a lot of the really heavy, dark thoughts that were streaming in and kind of able to put those aside. And when I, those thoughts would come in, I would just say, okay, just, let's just, let's just breathe. And so I started just breathing and that led to three weeks to six weeks to three months to four months. And after four months, I was like, wow, I'm not even the same person that I was when I arrived in New York city. And, and at the end towards, once we started moving into fall, I moved back to California, back to Los Angeles. And that's when I really, really healed. And I, I, I kept up with the breath work and come December, I was like, I was just opened up to the universe. There were so many things that came into my awareness that I had no idea even existed. And yeah, breathwork quite literally totally altered my perception, my consciousness, my awareness, and literally everything that I perceived to be true at one time. So, and now I get to share it with, uh, you know, tens of thousands all over the world for hundreds of thousands for many, many decades to come. So yeah, I'm so grateful for this awareness of my breath and how powerful it is. And yeah, it's such a gift. What do you think led you to, because I'm listening to this story thinking like there's always a reason that we're led to certain places and your experience in New York didn't necessarily sound like a positive one, but there must have been something. So what do you think the reason was, the higher purpose for you being led to New York was? Yeah, that's a really great question. I... When I when I left Central America and I was led to New York, I was like, okay, I guess this makes sense because they're saying go to New York. My whole family is from New York, but I I I was so not thinking that that's where I didn't think I would ever. I lived in New York one time, three or four years before for just a couple months. So I, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm supposed to be in New York, and I'm just gonna gonna show up there. <laughs> I'm just gonna figure it out. But I believe that the reason I was led to New York was for many things. But I, I, I know one of them was to, to be engulfed in this really dense energy and the toxicity of New York, the chaos of New York, uh, how many just pollutants and chemicals you're breathing in every day. First of all, we're supposed to be in nature. That's how, we're, that's how we were designed in our DNA. It's, it's really not on a subconscious and unconscious level, it's not healthy to be breathing in one toxins every day, which we're going to be breathing in on different levels, depending on where we live. (laughs) Very few toxins and pollutants if you live in the jungle, because the trees and the plants eat that, the toxicity up. Um, And obviously it's a much higher level if you live in a big city like Chicago, New York, London, Tokyo, et cetera. But uh, I believe that I was supposed to be surrounded by those big buildings to just send me in this kind of deeper state of kind of chaos, inner chaos, if you will, and anxiety, which led me to be sick, which led me to my awakening, which also led me to some really important soul contracts of a, a partner that I had temporarily in New York that really guided me to some really deep healing mm-hmm. uh, with a couple new friendships that really played a vital role in really supporting me during that pretty dark time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was all divine, right? I was, I was supposed to be there. 
And, and after I left, I was like, okay, right. Well, I, I, there was no other place I was supposed to be than New York to, to be there while I was healing and while I was awakening and while I was being opened up to the, to the cosmos and just so many beautiful things that during was really, was really tough. It really was. It was really challenging. Mm-hmm. Every day was a challenge. Every day was coming back to my breath. Every day was coming back to the presence and not feeding into all the just the noise that was happening within me and, mm. and what I was perceiving to be chaos externally. And um, yeah, I, it was the breath that took me back home to, to love truly. So yeah, I'm so grateful for my breath and yeah, it's just so powerful. And now I get to witness so many miraculous things, miracles, if you will, they're not really miracles because we're that powerful um, during so many different breath sessions in person and via zoom and, and I, I believe that one of the most uh, you could attribute the number one reason why humanity is awakening is to consciousness of the breath. So can you tell us more about breath work? And, you know, there might be people listening who don't necessarily know, don't, you know, kind of understand what exactly can you do in two hours with breathing? Um, so explain to us what it is, what it does, what happens in these two hour sessions of yours. And I guess the energy when there's a lot of people in a session, is pretty awesome as well. Yeah. It, when there's, when there's a lot of people, especially in this last workshop I held in Kansas, there was like 60, 65 people. So when you have a room just pulsating all the energy in there and deep release every single person going through a dramatically different journey, whether that be extremely blissful, uh, physically, extremely excruciating, uh, mentally, emotionally feeling like literally there's an ego death happening, which happens a lot of time with deep work, right? Just a series of, of minimization of the ego. It's so powerful. It's so incredible to bear witness from my point of view, just um, just watching over everyone and giving anyone support, uh, emotional support when they need it, um, body work when they need it. You know, maybe some, some people might need to talk for a moment to me and just ask me a question because, you know, they're, they're worried about something that's surfacing. And I just, I just talk to them and I just drop them into ease, drop them back into their breath. Uh, it's incredible that when there's just a large amount of people breathing together, just pulsating the earth with consciousness and awareness and love. But yeah, breath, breath is this, it's this lost art that we've, that we've forgotten truly because over the last hundred years, we've become so disconnected from who we truly are on a cosmic level. And all the ancient civilizations, such as the, you know, the, the Mayans, the Indians, the Tibetans in India is where breath really begun, consciousness of the breath begun, you know, 12,000 years ago, who knows, maybe 25,000 years ago when Shiva and Shakti were walking the planet in a, in a physical light body, if you will. And because of, we've become so disconnected from the non-physical, we put so much attention on the physical, which really makes up a, the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest fraction of everything in existence. So, you know, what the breath really does is, as I said before, it drops us into the body, it drops us into feeling, it allows us to fully process these emotions that the ego says, oh, anger is bad, Uh, anxiety is bad. So let's just, let's just not feel that because, you know, I'm a, I'm a damaged person if I'm anxious all the time, or I'm this, I'm a broken person, I'm a wounded person. 
And that's not the truth. <laughs> the truth is we need polarity. We need darkness. We need light to be able to experience both, to be able to evolve and grow. Mm. It can't happen with just one. It can't. We need both. So the breath allows us to literally just get out of the ego mind, get out of the ego lot, ego mind, suppress the prefrontal cortex, which is the uh, thinking part of the brain. So as we breathe more and more, we minimize that, that prefrontal cortex. And then that taps us into the hypothalamus, the, the pituitary gland, the pineal gland. And the pineal gland is, is the seat of the soul. The pineal gland was depicted in all the ancient drawings in the hieroglyphs in if with the Incas all over the world, they all painted or drew uh, in the caves and the scripts, this pine cone, because right, they received messages from their guides that that's what the pineal gland looked like. It, it's literally about the shape of a grain of rice behind the third ventricle in the brain. Uh, and it's tiny, it's literally looks like a tiny pine cone. And through this tiny little gland, we access the cosmos, we access source energy, uh, lifetimes, past lifetimes, archetypal consciousness, everything. And is it ironic that the pineal gland was never talked about in the medical journals? Of course it isn't. They didn't want doctors to know about the pineal gland and that it is the seed of the soul. They didn't want doctors to know uh, or told them that, that we have junk DNA that, that that's just there by coincidence. That it doesn't mean anything. This is just absurd. <laughs> the universe is far, far, far too intelligent to just give us something that just doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like yeah. that just makes no sense. So the breath is is such an extraordinary tool to bring us back into the body and to really access the depths of our human physiology and how we're wired to heal. And the truth is, is that we've been told that we need something outside of ourselves, like a doctor in a white coat to tell us what we need. And that's just total BS. Our body is an intricate, immaculate healing machine. And I truly feel and believe so deep within me that the breath is the most powerful tool that you possess because by deep breathing, and especially when we go into these two hour dimensional breath workshops, so many things are happening. We, I mean, I could talk about it for hours, but to, to, to put it as much information as I can give everyone who's going to be listening to this, when we go into this deep breathing, we are moving from sympathetic to parasympathetic, from the fight or flight to the calm, and you have autonomy over your central nervous system. Your central nervous system is your gateway to good health. Because if you're in a panic state or an anxiety state all the time, you're producing your own inflammation in the body. It's like, it's like dumping a tab of acid in your body all the time. Inflammation, inflammation, inflammation. Mm -hmm. So, and when we do deep breathing, we raise the pH in our blood we're making the body more alkaline. We are getting all the cells, all the cells in the body. People start, everyone feels it. The cells, the body starts to vibrate at this rate. And you start to like feel this like um, electricity, if you will. Everyone, everyone describes it as I felt this light entering my body. And it was like this pulsating electricity. That is all the cells vibrating, communicating uh, and talking to each other in, you're triggering this intelligence, this ancient wisdom 
of the breath and all the, all the cells begin to communicate. They know exactly what you need on a mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual level. Your body knows. You don't need to know cognitively what's happening, but your body knows exactly what you need to heal. And one thing I say in all my workshops is, yes, right now we're going to set intention, but become unattached to it. Because before you arrived here today, it's already been decided what you're going to heal. Because that is the intelligence of the breath. And that is the intelligence of the universe. You always, you might get, you might not get the, the journey that you need today, but you will. Oh, sorry. You might not get the journey that you want, but you will get what you need. Mm. Uh, Even if that is a really excruciating, challenging journey where, where anger and anxiety and overwhelm is ripping through your body. And you're like, oh my gosh, is this ever going to end? And when you're in it, it it can feel like it's not going to end. But if you just stay with it and the moment you drop into that full just surrender, that's when that's when the magic starts to happen. I can literally, when people say to me, Andrew, I can't do this. This is too, too difficult. I, I want to stop. And I and I talk to them and I say, Hey, it's okay. Just let go. Let go. Surrender. Relinquish the control right now. Just say I relinquish control. And then sometimes it takes some 10 seconds. Sometimes it takes some five minutes, but I physically, I, I see with my eye, the moment they finally just let go and say, okay, I'm going to stop fighting it. That's when at 180s and something magical happens mm. and that energy gets released from the body. This deep, deep, deep tension that's being held in the body for years uh, for people in their fifties and sixties who come to my workshop, possibly even 30, 40, 50 years. And obviously, and way longer. If yeah, this, I was going to say possibly being held from past lives as well, right? Yeah, exactly. And if these emotions are are held in the body from past lives, and it could and 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 a collective consciousness, we're going we're talking thousands of years and potentially even longer. Mm-hmm. So, um, so many things are happening in the in the body, but it, it's it's extraordinary to watch people especially who see it for the first time, it allows them to take their power back. It empowers them to say, oh my God, like I experienced the most powerful day of my life. And that's not me saying that. That's what so many people say who come to my workshops. And I'm not going to say that I don't hold a powerful container. I do, but it, it's not me. It's them. Mm. It's them that's doing the healing and and triggering this profound release of emotions and awakening and connection to the soul and the spirit getting out of their physical body. Maybe it's their first time uh, going within for more than a minute their entire life. And so when they go within for an hour and a half and when they take their, their, when they take their sleep mask off, people just go, wow. (laughs) what did I do? Where did I just go? (laughs) What did I just experience? That was like, they're, they're dumbfounded because there's just so many things that happened. It it takes time to be able to integrate them and process all of it because we've just so, we've been so conditioned and so manipulated and brainwashed to believe that we need to rely on our health and our happiness, our wholeness on someone else, on something else, when you have it right here. 
and it's, and it's not, it just hasn't just appeared. It's always been there. Mm. And that's, what's so extraordinary about the breath. So let's go there because you're involved with health, freedom for humanity. And I'm a big fan and I'm in contact with all those guys as well. And, um, they're doing some amazing work and, you know, Alex Zirk and, and Ali, they're, they're really kind of at the forefront of, yeah trying to put an end to this corruption and wake people the hell up. Um, tell me why you felt drawn to this and what you're trying to achieve there with what's going on right now. Yeah, well, another amazing question. So when I got back from India, December, January, February, and March, three months leading up to the lockdowns, um, I, so one thing about being with my guru in India that was super, super unique is he's probably one of, out of thousands of yogis of these yogis who li literally live in the mountains and have de and dedicated their life to yoga. And when I say yoga, I'm not talking about just sitting there having a perfect six pack, like we, why, how we see it as uh, yoga in the UK and the US, uh, real yoga that, and that's becoming becoming nothing <laughs> and that's becoming everything. And that's unifying with the source. And that's what these yogis do in India. They literally dedicate their life to meditation and, and literally going within becoming connected to the cosmos. And one thing that's so unique about Guruji is that he is a light warrior and he knows more about the cabal and the darkness that's plagued this planet than probably any yogi in India. <laughs> So he already, he's, he's deeply connected to a community of, of quantum physicists and spiritual teachers and yogis um, from all over the world that already knew what was manifesting in, in Wuhan, in China. So we talked not only about breath every day for three months, and I spent, you know, four to eight hours going within doing mantra and, and, and yoga and, and breath work and meditation. But when I was there, something triggered within me that I knew I was, I, I just knew I was supposed to play a big role in, in speaking out. And, and, and I didn't know that before India, but um, this got triggered when I was in India that I just knew I was supposed to speak out about what was already manifesting in December, which no one knew about really um, going back to December, January in the West people in Asia started to become aware of it in January February, but I, I really, I don't know a single person uh, that knew about what I knew um, months before it even ever manifested in March mm -hmm. uh, when it finally made its way to Europe and the US and Canada, et cetera. So it's funny. I, I had a, uh, I had a plant journey in April, right when I got back that told me that I was going to play a role in, in playing this conduit in connecting the I guess, kind of truth, light warrior truth side and the esoteric world. And then as these months and months and months started to play out, uh, I started to get connected with Dr. Seth Gerlach and Ali Zek and Alex Zek and, and Jody and uh, Dr. Ben Tapper and uh, Dr. Stanton Home and all these amazing, amazing doctors and chiropractors and just courageous people that were fearlessly speaking out regardless of what their peers thought. Mm -hmm. And so I started getting connected to this community. And yeah, when 
Alex created Health Freedom for Humanity, I don't know, something just, I just knew that I was supposed to be a part of it. And now that it's playing out, I know that um, it's just so amazing how the dots connect and source just guide you to exactly where you're supposed to be. But uh, Ali and Alec are such incredible humans. We've known each other far, far beyond this lifetime. Uh, love them so dearly. And we finally got to be together uh, two weekends ago in Kansas as we spoke oh, of the yeah. same health freedom event called The Big Idea, uh, hosted by Dr. Devin Verano, which was just mm. amazing. And yeah, we all got to be together. And I got to not only speak about Ascension and um, you know, the vaccine and, and why it's, why the vaccine's here, why the virus is here, which is amazing because in health freedom for humanity, everyone brings a different perspective. And out of everyone on the team, I, I guess by far bring the most kind of deeply uh, esoteric perspective, which is great because it, it brings a different perspective to, to our global team of, of people that are, are really standing up and, and fearlessly, courageously speaking out. So it's it's really great to have that. And now I'm realizing, as Alec just informed me only like a week and a half ago, where we're going to be bringing chapters all over the country, and I would imagine possibly all over the world in the coming years, uh, uniting people who are alone, people who need tribe, people who need to be around our own community of people who get it, who are seeing through uh, what is really happening. And that is not that the world's ending. Mm. It's that the world's being rebirthed. Mm. And now we're coming into a totally new paradigm and a totally new way of living and a total, a total new way of existing and a total new way of being. And so we're coming into that time where we get to rewrite the script where every single thing that we once thought to be true is going to be what we know to be true. So now we get to sculpt that and we get to uh, create that. And I think that Health Freedom for Humanity is gonna be such a powerful tool to unite so many beautiful souls, so many like-minded souls that are that are coming together and creating this, this new earth. And it's gonna be such a powerful tool. And I get to, I believe that the reason, one of the main reasons why I'm involved was not only to be a part of the community, but I'm going to be traveling all over the country. And I guess, uh, and I know that me and Michelle, my partner are going to be traveling all over the world, holding um, breathwork uh, ceremonies, men's and women's work, uh, as well as uh, holding plant medicine ceremonies over the years. And so we're going to be kind of the healers for uh, health freedom for humanity is what it's kind of gelling together and what it's, kind of seeming to be right after we held our workshop in Kansas, which was so incredible, especially for, you know, out in that part of the country, there's not really a lot of people who do what I do and, and hold space for people in that capacity. So yeah, it's going to be such an extraordinary journey to watch unfold. And I'm just so, so, so grateful for Dr. Stan and uh, Dr. Ben and uh, Dr. Jess, Dr. Brad Campbell, Allie, Alec, uh, sorry for anyone who I missed out. I love you so much. And all these people who are just standing on the front lines and knowing, uh, standing in their light and knowing that we wouldn't have, a we wouldn't have humans on this planet if we didn't speak up, if we didn't boldly and courageously stand up for what's right and reclaiming our, our sovereignty back finally for the first time in thousands of years. And the truth is the time is now. Yeah. 
the time is now and it's such an, and yeah, it's such an inspiring and amazing time to, to witness and be alive. Yeah. It's funny because like, you know, I, I run a similar community here and, um, you know, a question I'm getting asked every day is, you know, I'm so frustrated. Like I believe this and the rest of the world are believing that. And, you know, how can we, it's just so frustrating to watch it. And, but what I'm seeing is that more and more people are waking up and that we are spreading this message and that this has happened for a reason, like why you went to New York, like why you had to get into that really difficult time. And for the same reason that I had to be head to toe disabled, because if I didn't get that sick, then I wouldn't have worked as hard as I did to find a way to get healthy. And in the same way, our world had to go through this like crazy shift where everything is so messed up so that everyone could go, hold on a minute, this doesn't look right. And so that we could unite this kind of tribe of all of us getting together, which just, if it didn't get that shitty, we just wouldn't have done that, you know? And so it is an amazing journey and it's so cool to watch. And I just love watching it all unfold. And yeah, the things that are going on are frustrating, especially when people are being harmed. And, you know, for me, it's very difficult watching babies and children being harmed through this process, physically and psychologically. Um, I guess it's part of what's happening as well we can't that there's no way of really getting around that until we can truly kind of share this message on a wider scale um there's so much within there that we could kind of unpack but obviously you know people can kind of go to health freedom for humanity and check more out about that because you know there's and like you say all the doctors and all the people involved and some incredible people um who are just amazing to listen to um in the meantime, I'd love for you to talk a bit more about plant medicine because you've mentioned your plant medicine journeys, um, which I'm super intrigued about. I've never done plant medicine yet. Um, I say yet because I work with a shaman and um, he's a pretty powerful um, being. And um, I, I, I th there is a chance, you know, when at some point that it, I will be called to it. Um, but a lot of my friends, you know, take part in, in plant medicine ceremonies and have done it. And I've heard of some amazing things happening through that. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience, but what you kind of use plant medicine for and what it is and the different types of plant medicine. Because there will be people listening who are thinking plant medicine might just be your everyday herbs or what is plant medicine, you know? Yeah. So plant medicine can be described as many things, right? You can describe literally kale and Swiss chard as plant right, medicine. Yeah. But the plant medicine, obviously, that we're talking about is plant medicines that come from all over the world. Some of them origin like a boga from Africa, you know, some from South America, things like uh, ayahuasca, uh, bufo, 5-MeO-DMT. And, you know, it's it's pretty incredible to watch this giant source has just pushed to the forefront. All these plant medicines have come into our awareness really in the last decade. Um, so much so that, you know, it, you, you didn't hear people talking about plant medicine in, in 2000. No, <laughs> like they did in the sixties though. It's making a resurgence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so one thing, so, okay, I'm just going to go there since you mentioned that in the 1960s, when we had this surge of consciousness, of awareness, uh, especially in the U.S. when the Vietnam War was happening, that's when Nixon was president. 
So there was a wave of consciousness and awakening of people uh, rebelling and standing up to the corruption in the government and the government literally creating this Vietnam War, which was literally just a total joke. I mean, the cabal has always created wars to keep the world in fear and keep us in a lower vibration. That's why war has happened. Mm-hmm. And so during this time, Nixon and the governments, the cabal, they saw the, the planet waking up because of psilocybin mushrooms, because of LSD, because of uh, aboga, peyote, because of other plant medicines. So then they went on these giant campaigns to slander uh, these plant medicines as quote unquote drugs Mm. and say, these are dangerous. People can't be using them. Uh, You have to be be careful. They're really dangerous. They can make you go to the hospital and people lose their mind. When in fact, obviously, as people who are going to be listening to this, or maybe people who don't know, this is just complete farce. (laughs) These medicines are on earth via source, via God, via the ether to act as a tool to help us elevate our consciousness. Now, one thing that's really important to note is, uh, yes, every plant medicine is going to be slightly different. You know, some are going to be more physical. Some are going to more work on the heart. You know, you have something like a bogo that's a very, very long extended journey. And then you have something like Bufo 5-MeO-DMT. That's one of the most powerful plant medicines. And I haven't worked with either of those, but I've just studied on them. You have something like 5-MeO-DMT that's literally called the God molecule that most people who do that literally see a form of of God intelligence, of source intelligence, or a lot of people actually will have an ego death or will actually see themselves die, which... Uh, minimizes the ego, helps them step into their higher self. And during that time can obviously profound messages can stream in streams of consciousness can activate DNA. So it's important to note that, you know, we can't rely on these plant medicines to only be like, I think some people in the spiritual community will will use spiritual bypass and mm. say, Oh, I just did 10 journeys of ayahuasca. So now I'm super awake. Perfect. That's not how it works. Right. You have to, one, be called to the plant medicine. And I, and I believe that not everyone will be called to it. Some people will be called to things like quantum hypnosis or maybe just uh, breath work or just yoga. But uh, for me, I had a very, very deep calling, particularly to psilocybin mushrooms. And uh, there is something very galactic with my soul and the psilocybin mushrooms. And one thing that uh, the galactics told me as they continue to work through me as a conduit uh, more and more every week is that they told me that these psilocybin mushrooms were put here by extraterrestrials many, many years ago. (laughs) And uh, the the galactics don't work in linear time. So that could mean 300,000 years ago. That could also mean 300 billion years ago, (laughs) Uh, but a long, long time ago. But uh, I know that the the mycelial network and uh, the psilocybin mushrooms ha- have been put here to act as healers. And you know, a lot of a lot of the psychonauts, such as Rick Doblin, Michael Pollan, you know, they they say and they claim that Graham Hancock, Graham High Hancock's one of my favorites, love him. Uh, they they say that that one of the main reasons why humans have gotten and evolved to this point in time is because 
psilocybin mushrooms is because psychedelic mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And we can go back in time thousands and thousands of years ago to seeing uh, psilocybin mushrooms depicted in so many of the drawings because they were using these mushrooms as a tool to get out of their ego mind and connect to the intelligence, to connect with their guides, to allow these streams of consciousness to come in and remember who we are, why they're here, and what the purpose of being in this physical body is. Mm. So there's so many forms of plant medicines. And one one question that I do get asked quite frequently is, hey, Andrew, I, I'm I I wanna um, I want to dive into plant medicine and I'd love to sit in a psilocybin ceremony with you, but, but I, I'm, I'm kind of scared, you know, I'm a, like, what if I, what if I had a, a, a bad trip and uh, you know, or was something bad happened to my psyche and I didn't come back and I say, you know, I'm just going to give you my two cents and then you can just feel into that and, you know, breathe into that and, and see how it resonates with you. First of all, there's no such thing as, as a bad trip. When you're in the when you're in a protected space with a guide that has only love and the best um, and is holding a sacred space mm. and is not doing it from ego but only holding a space from love and protects the space, if you have a quote unquote bad trip which doesn't exist or or a really challenging journey, it's your psyche showing you something in your consciousness that you're ready to process and that you're ready to fully feel into and let go. So this isn't a bad trip. It's, it's something that may be dark. It's something that may be heavy. And it uncomfortable. Be, uncomfortable. Yeah, it might be seriously mentally and emotionally uncomfortable, but that goes back to what I said at the very beginning of our conversation, and that's uh, letting go and surrendering. And when we let go and we surrender, we trust the process, something magic happens. And that allows us to transmute this heavy energy and let it go and just feel this energy go into the core of earth, release into the cosmos. And so it's, it's really more when people say I'm afraid, it's, I, I feel that it's the ego that is afraid because it's, because it's the minimization of the ego, mm. because through these plant medicine journeys, we have a series of ego deaths. And it allows us to step more into our authenticity and our light and who we're here to be. So plant medicine is not to be abused. It's to be honored and, um, and really just cherished in the most sacred way. But we got so disconnected, you know, from the 60s to viewing these plant medicines and these mushrooms um, as, as drugs. And that's not what they are. <laughs> they are medicines and they're here via source to help us understand, understand who we are in the deepest mm -hmm. levels. And that's far beyond the mm -hmm. physical body. So these, these medicines take us back home. Um, they allow us to, to remember who we are and they're here for a reason. They're, they're not here by just mistake, you yeah. know? Well, and, nothing is, is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he, nothing's here by mistake. And Humanity, we've truly seen millions and millions of souls be drawn to plant medicines. And it's again, played such a vital role in bringing us to where consciousness is today. It's funny because I, like I said to you, I haven't done any plant medicine yet, but the last kind of, I'd say month or so, everything I'm reading, seeing everything is plant medicine. And I'm like, am I being called to plant medicine, especially now I'm working with the shaman who has a lot of experience with it. Um, 
I mean, he lives in Arizona and I live in London, so, <laughs> but at some point, you know, I'll be there in person. Um, and, but it, for me, it's kind of allowing this ego, uh, the ego behind the idea of it to die a death for me, even beforehand, because I did have this fear and this, you know, fear of a lack in control and letting go of, you know, my experience with anything that took me out of my conscious awareness was from being sick and from being, you know, having this like lifetime of disease and taking this pharmaceutical drug or that or smoking weed just to dull the pain or whatever, it, you know. And so I've had, to, I, I feel like I'm being called to shed that idea behind plant medicine before the, before the physical journey of it begins for me and to really kind of release that fear behind it and the control. And actually, Melissa, our mutual friend, is studying plant medicine at the moment, as you know. And she's, um, I mean, she's such a wealth of knowledge on any of this stuff anyway, because she's so, she's so connected to the truth of this stuff. So she feeds a lot of this stuff to me. She's really been an inspiration for me in this. But one thing I do believe deeply, and you did touch on it, about having a guide and that guide holding a sacred space. I think something that perhaps we're seeing where people are going wrong with plant medicine, um, which I know a lot of shamans have said and agreed with, is that people are kind of just doing it as like this recreational thing, like these Westerners kind of going to South America and being like, hey, I'm going to do ayahuasca, you know, I'm going to do some San Pedro. It, it needs to be in a sacred space um, with someone in the know and someone connected, right? Like I would say that that's a really uh, big thing to tell people listening. It's not just something you could just pick up and do, right? Yeah, 100%. It's it's almost become this, okay, wow, this is becoming kind of like um, popular, if you will. So people are literally doing it just because they've heard of it. So they're like, oh, cool, I can, I can, be spiritual and just do a plant medicine ceremony. Yeah. Sweet. Book the first yeah. trip to book the first trip to Peru and go down and do Aya. And the truth is you can do Aya. You can do 20 ceremonies of Aya and do the exact same thing that you're doing before any of those ceremonies happened. Because you have to be willing to walk into your shadow mm. and you have to be willing to let go of those old patterns and actually want to evolve not just be there because your friend wants you to be there or society wants you to be there, or you have to actually want to, to change and, yeah. and do the work and integrate all that came into your awareness during those ceremonies. Because, you know, a lot of people who guide like myself will tell you, and, and I fully believe this, that the most important part of this work is how you go back into your normal life and how you integrate what you've experienced how do you integrate the messages and the energy that's been released from your body? Or do you just continue to just sink into old patterns and, and do the same things? No, like that's not said, to say that. Spiritual bypass, right? Like you totally. said. Spiritual bypass. You're people literally just thinking that, okay, I'll just go there. And then the work just stops. We have more work to do in this lifetime. We're going to change more in this lifetime. Our DNA, our body is Chris, our body's crystallizing, our DNA is changing right now as we have this conversation. Light codes are streaming in just from two star seeds gathering and having this conversation. 
everything is changing within us more than you can even fathom in this now moment. Nothing that I could say could articulate how much how much we're going to be changing in our bodies and restructuring and remembering in this lifetime. So you have to be willing to do the inner work. And like I said, the setting and your intention in literally asking yourself, why am I actually going? Why am I going to the ceremony? What's the deep, what's the real reason? Am I going to literally just to go to please someone else, to please my peers, or because I think I'm supposed to go? Or am I actually doing this because I want to become powerful? Because I want to know my true purpose. I want to step more or further into my power. I want to undo thousands of years of, of anger, programming, of collective consciousness, uh, heaviness, darkness. So yeah, these, these medicines are not to be taken lightly and they're to be taken really seriously and with love and with reverence. Mm -hmm. So, and it's really important when you go find a guide, when you find a shaman, when you find a facilitator to, to really feel into their energy and, and go with someone who you really love and, and trust. And they tell you, you know, or someone that you just feel into and you just know is going to be holding a beautiful and sacred space with nothing but love mm -hmm. and someone that's going to protect the space and really be there to, to give you whatever you need and the support that you need for your highest evolution. Do you have a book that you recommend if anyone would like to kind of find out more about plant medicines or a specific book that people could read? Hmm. Not a book about plant medicine, but a book that just came into my mind immediately as you say that is, uh, is Stan Groff, The Way of the Psychonaut. Oh, okay. We'll link that. Stan Groff, The Way of the Psychonaut. If you haven't read that book, uh, which I don't think many people on here would have, it's an extraordinary book that talks about breath work, that talks about uh, psychedelics, plant medicine. So it's kind of everything. Um Stan Groff is one of my biggest mentors today. He's 93 and he's still writing and still doing research. He doesn't do as much anymore, but he is one of the most influential men I believe on this planet that's brought consciousness is where it is today. He, he guided 45,000 breathwork sessions. He guided uh, 5,000 LSD sessions uh, showing that LSD is a powerful, powerful tool to elevate our consciousness when done properly. Uh, and when used in the right intention. And uh, in this book, he just goes deep into the psyche and understanding um, so many depths of the psyche, plant medicine, breath and everything. So that book is a huge catalyst um, for just understanding what a lot of the things that we're talking about in this conversation. Um, one thing you are really good at and something that I truly believe uh, that we need to move more into and that men on this planet need to move into more is the divine feminine and women as well because we've been pushed so far out of it um do you have any thoughts on that because you're you're, you're kind of I feel like you're such a teacher and educator for this yeah, so one thing that's really interesting about right now is we are we are witnessing the rise of the feminine. We're we're witnessing the rise of the goddess. Um, so when I say the rise of the feminine, I actually don't mean rise of the woman. I mean the rise of the feminine energy. Mm -hmm. 
So whether you're in a, a male body or a female body, you have a masculine and a feminine energy. So as we integrate these energies and unify them, that's when we fully step into our power. And, you know, I once thought about a year ago that the feminine and the masculine was separate, you know, maybe thousands of years ago. So that's been channeled. And I don't know if this is true, but it's been channeled through the Palladians that the divine feminine and the masculine on this planet was actually separated hundreds of millions of years ago. Wow. Hundreds of millions of years ago. Now, once again, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just sharing information. And if you, if it resonates, you can take it. If not, that's totally fine. But either way, the divine feminine and the masculine has been separated. So women have been deeply in their masculine. So they've, we have a very, women have a very skewed of what, of what being in their feminine is because they've been told, uh, don't look too pretty. Oh, don't be too skinny. Don't be too fat. Uh, don't be too tall. Don't, don't wear heels. Oh, wear heels. Oh, it's the list goes on and on and on. Um, and that's why you have literally a society of 7.8 billion people and of the percentage of women, most of them have some underlying body issues or body issues that they've healed over the years because there's so much deep programming that truly the feminine body is beautiful as it is. And we don't need lip injections. We don't need breast implants. We don't need butt implants. That is not what source gave you. Mm -hmm. Everything about this is unnatural. Mm -hmm. So as we start to elevate in consciousness, people will be getting these removed because it is not God given. It's not source given. So being in your feminine is accepting all these beautiful things and knowing that every curve of your body is beautiful. Now we have so much toxic masculinity because men have been programmed, oh, be tough, get over it. Show, if, if you show emotions, you're weak. You, you know, you can't, you can't cry. Uh, don't be loving with another man. This is, you're, you're, you're weak. You're, you know, you're whatever, whatever word you want to use. We've been so programmed to be, so that's why we see all this toxic masculinity. Uh, and a message that I'm actually going to deliver this week is, why am I the only man on this planet, or maybe one of 10, I don't know, that's speaking up for women being affected by the vaccine and, these, and having miscarriages go up 322%. Mm-hmm. What, like why? Like where, where the hell are all the awakened men, men at? Right. Where are the divine masculine at? Right. It's because a real man stands up like a warrior for the women and children. That's a real man. Just giving me chills. But so many men say, oh, I, I can't speak up for women because that's going to make me, uh, other men will perceive me as, as like weak or, or, or uh, uh, sissy. Mm-hmm. This is bullshit. This is this is bullshit programming. A real man stands up like a warrior, courageous, fearless, and a protector. Where are all the protectors at? Because we need lots of them standing up for our women and children. So a divine masculine is embodied in his feminine and his masculine. And is embodied with his emotions, can literally look at his partner in the eyes and cry and show emotions and say, hey, babe. I'm feeling this today and cry on her shoulder and that be okay Mm -hmm. and not be feared of judgment from her partner. Now, 
that feminine must be embodied in her feminine to be able to hold space for the masculine, to be able to show emotions, to be able to, to show tears, to be able to cry, right? So it becomes this union of both being embodied in their masculine and feminine. So right now is this extraordinary time where we're unifying both and where we're stepping into power that is unfathomable by the human mind with the consciousness we have right now. But, you know, for the, for, for the masculine and for the feminine listening, it's just so important to just undo the programming mm-hmm. and to, and for the feminine to really just love every part of yourself. You have to, you have to accept every part of yourself that is beautiful, every curve, except that if you have gotten, um, you know, whatever calf implants or butt implants or breast implants, that as we move forward, your body will purge this, this out of the body, Mm. your body. If you're elevating consciousness, it will not be in your body anymore Mm. at some point. And you'll, and you'll get that removed on your own journey whenever you feel the calling, but everything that is not of this age of Aquarius, that is of this new earth will go. That's everything. So, right. Where you, you need to love just, just, I just say, just love every part of you undo the programming for the men know that it's okay to be, that it's okay to show emotion and that a real man does show emotion. And I feel that actually men are probably even more, more emotional than, than women. I We've agree, just been yeah. programmed to believe that we can't do that and that we're weak and that that just isn't, that's just not true. <laughs> it's truly just not true. So men, I'm calling you out. <laughs> we're all the warriors. We're all the protectors because we need you to stand in your light and stand in your sovereignty for our women and children as we move forward through this through this consciousness. Because your your voice and you being a courageous warrior is everything moving into um, this this new paradigm, this new way of being. Oh, Andrew, you are such a light. And if more men were like you, the world truly. You would be this beautiful utopia we're hoping for. Let's move in to the end of the show, the quick fire, rapid fire round. I like to call all about you. Uh, it's just a series of a few questions. And I always start with the same one, which is a fill in the blank. Uh, wellness is. Wellness is who? I believe wellness is truly connection to yourself. If you're not connected to yourself, how do you have health? How do you have true health? Sure, you can have a perfect six pack and a perfect body, but the deepest component is is the spiritual component of health. So, right, we can eat all the herbs we want. We can drink all the powerful superfoods, but if we don't have a spiritual connection to who we truly are, which is a spiritual being having this temporary momentary human experience, you're truly not going to be fully healthy because that's who you are. Absolutely. So yeah, right now, just getting it, tapping into your breath, undoing the patterns, coming into your deep knowing of, of why this is all happening beyond the physical beyond. This is just a bunch of random events, a bunch of coincidences, but yeah, that's, that's, that's real wholeness. That's real wellness. That's real yeah. happiness. Wholeness. Is really yeah. is really finding the, the happiness, the wellness from within inside of you. And because then that wellness, that happiness projects out onto the planet and out into the universe. 
Beautiful. One thing about your past, I love this one just for me because people who only know me now would, you know, be so surprised. But one thing about your past that people who know you now and didn't know you then would be surprised about. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so many things. You know, one, one thing that's funny is when I was really young, I, I, I knew, I always knew I had a really special heart. Um, even at, even in elementary school, I, I I just had this awareness that wow. Before I was awake, I was like, wow, there's no one that has a heart like mine. And I just I just knew that it was like really 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 special. And I'm just saying that because I'm just being honest. <laughs> and so I always knew that I was I was special, but I had such a hard time functioning in in society, especially when I got into my 20s. I had such a hard time functioning in this matrix society. I just didn't get it. I didn't understand. It didn't make sense to me. Why do we have two weeks off a year? Why is everyone so depressed? Why is everyone so anxious? Why are people so irritated on the trains and on the buses and and literally like not smiling and not like saying like, hey, how are you? So nice to see you. So, um, you know, I coded that through so many years of of partying and women and and just seeking things outside of myself to distract myself from who I truly was. So yeah, before I came into my power, um, I was so much love and so much joy. People always loved. I I always lit up a room that never changed. Um, I could light up a room of 2000 people. Everyone knows I'm in there. That hasn't changed, but now it's totally different. And now people see like the light that's emitting from me when I walk into a room. And I guess it might've been the same. It might've been the same then, but uh, it was filled with just constant wanting to escape uh, of not under understanding who I was or what I was here to do. So yeah, now I'm just super grateful to be standing in my full power of who I'm here to be. And uh, I've undone so many years of programming and yeah, was such a different person, was such a different person before yeah. for a lot of those who know me in the last like 17 months such a different person. And uh, I'm so grateful to have this consciousness and awareness present within me to be here right now with you having this conversation, talking about all these beautiful things and guiding people to love with inside themselves and, and in their true power and their true divinity. Beautiful. Um, what are you most enchanted by in a person? I'm most enchanted in a person by their willingness to serve humanity mm. and the distance that they're willing to go regardless of of what's at stake or fearing their life or anything because uh, as Ben Tapper says and I love this quote he says all the time uh, I speak out because my convictions are greater than my complacency my convictions are greater than mm. my complacency so that's saying that right like we could we could lose everything but we would for sure lose everything on this planet if we didn't become conscious if we didn't stand up mm. if we didn't stand in our light and stand in uh stand in our truth so i'm inspired by people willing to speak out and i'm also inspired by people who are courageous enough to walk into their shadow and undo thousands of years of programming that's that's what i'm that's what mm. that's what lights me up that's what inspires me the most I love that. I actually have a whole module in my course in my academy dedicated to shadow because I think it's so important. And it's actually the second module. It's really early on because I think in order to tap into everything else and kind of undo all that conditioning, we have to start 
with the shadow and, and integrating the shadow into our being as well. So totally. I really resonate with that. I think it's so important. That was so beautiful. I'm so grateful you've been able to be here and sh- just share all your light and your knowledge and your just everything about you. You're just such a light. And I'm so grateful that you are here on this journey and and spreading all your just your amazingness so thank you so much and you're on instagram which is i think where people you know the best place to find you i would think is there anything else you want to tell anyone about give them your instagram handle let everyone know where they can find you for anyone in uh obviously california maybe they can come to your breathwork sessions yeah, for sure. So yeah, Breathe, Heal, Evolve is my Instagram handle, andrewgenevesehealing.com. If you're not subscribed to my site with everything shaking up and changing so much, we don't know what's going to happen with the corrupt platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So make sure you're subscribed to my Telegram and make sure you're subscribed to my website as my partner and I travel all over the world and uh, hold breath workshops, plant medicine ceremonies. So yeah, if you are in Southern California or you do want to fly from wherever in the world to do a psilocybin ceremony with us or a combo or a breath work um, yeah, just stay subscribed to my website. And so you can know uh, when our journeys are going to be. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to being in touch with everyone over the years as we embark on this extraordinary journey. And that's all. Lauren, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. This episode of Reconditioned was brought to you with support by London's leading biological dentistry clinic, the Indu Clinic in Harley Street, a one-of-a-kind clinic that combines biological dentistry with functional medicine to optimize not only your dental health, but your general well-being. Using practices such as safe mercury removal, removal of root canals and hidden infections, treatment of inflammation, treatment of cavitations, and much more. Visit nduclinic.com and receive 10% off your initial consultation and any scans or hygienist appointment by letting them know you came through Lauren on the Recondition podcast. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to Recondition today. I'd be so grateful if you could subscribe and maybe even leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. And better still, if you could share with friends and family who could benefit from the content, that's what I'd really love. I just want us to share the love so that everyone can understand how to use an integrative approach to life and health. For more free resources, visit laurenvacneen.co.uk and laurenvacneencoaching.com.